Who's ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Open up your Bibles with me to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, and as you are turning there, I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness with your tithes and with your offering and with your giving. Each and every single week, we are able to help people beyond not just right here, but around the world. And I want to say thank you so much for making that possible for us. Um, it is a joy whenever we can reach out beyond our walls and do things for people that we don't even uh, know, uh, but we hear testimonies of, of what God is doing. So thank you so, so much for your gift. And if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing through our giving, um, our ushers will be at the door as you leave today. Be sure you take a moment uh, and fill out the envelope. You can drop it in the bucket. They can assist you there. You can go online at LegacyRome.com or you can go on your app um, or you can text any amount to that number on the bottom of the screen there. Once you get that set up, it's a very easy process. So be sure that you do that uh, before you leave. And as always, thank you so much for your giving. Today I'm going to be going to Daniel chapter 1. I have a few verses for us to read today. As I've been talking about change, I'm going to kind of continue where we stopped uh, at last week. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But Daniel uh, uh, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs, that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed, um, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then, you're, then you would endanger my head before the king, verse 11. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azirah, he said, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then uh, let, let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies as you see fit. So deal with your servants. And he consented with them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the younger men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. If your flesh seems fatter than the others, it, it, that, that's good. Uh, according to the word. So be blessed this morning. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As, as these four men, young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had an understanding of all vision and dreams. Verse 18, now at the end of the days. When the king had said that, that, that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azirah. Therefore they served before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all of the magicians and astrologers who were in 
who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. I've been talking about change these last uh, two, three weeks, and I want to pick up kind of where we left off last week. Last week we were talking about change, and I was, and I was, I've been talking about God, that's God's desire to transform lives. He's not a God of the tweak or the modification, but He's truly a God of transformation. And as I was speaking about last week, I shared just a couple of reasons why God wants to transform us. I shared that God wants you to go through this spiritual metamorphosis, as I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, to get you in joy to get you in joy. So many people are standing outside of joy and they're looking in. And whenever someone is standing on the outside of joy looking in and something comes between them and their joy, they can no longer see it. Whenever the waters and the storms of life come up against them, it easily washes their joy away because they are not in it. That's why God wants us to be enjoy and that's why he needs to change us so he can mature us to 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 experience joy in a whole new manner god also wants to god also wants us to experience transformation a lot of the times because it is about our assignment changed people change the world god's assignment was the world and we saw that last week in john 316. Uh, and, and he said, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall have everlasting life. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave. All of a sudden we see God's mission and his vision and his assignment in the words. His, his, his assignment was the his assignment was the world, and we were created in his likeness. Whatever he is for, we should be for, amen? Whatever he is against, we should be against. And God said, I came for the world. Now I'm sending you to the world, and the world is our assignment. If you remember last week, I said that we are not the salt of the church, but we are the salt of the earth, amen? And if we are the salt of the, of the church, that is equivalent to a salt remaining in the salt shaker. It cannot do what it was created to do. But how many of you know that God is calling the church off of her pews, amen, and to shake out his goodness upon the world? Amen? See, if, 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 if the church, if you and I, if we don't watch it, this is, this is what happens to the church. The church becomes full of professional advice givers. We become... How many of you know, um, I, have, um, I have some people that I know, like, they are professionals in everything. They, I mean, everything, no matter what, they can tell you how to do it. How many of you yesterday were watching some of the games and you knew how to coach better than the coaches did? Yes, and you were telling them, I don't know why they ran that ball. Why don't you th throw the ball, throw the ball? How many of you, so many times we can be like that in the church and we sit around and we pontificate and we express our thoughts and our mind and our opinions and everything and we spend hours of our day, this is where this is a lot of people in the church, we spend hours of our day talking about what is wrong 
in the world, and then we move on to talking about, uh, then we move on to start talking about people that have influence in the world and what they're not doing right and what they're doing wrong because we think we can do it better than them. But if I can impact my space and you can impact your space, this is when progress starts happening in the kingdom is whenever every person starts making progress, when every person starts impacting that circle around them. Why? Because changed people can change the world. And they and, and this very thought can be seen in the life of Daniel this morning. In Daniel chapter 1, we see this occurring. Daniel is originally part of the nation of Judah. He's part of Judah. His country has just been besieged. His country has been overtaken. It has been overruled by this country named Babylon. Babylon has a king, and his name is Nebuchadnezzar. The king instructs his men to go into Judah and find some people that could help him. This is what I just read about. He gives, his, he gives the eunuchs, he gives his people some very strict um, uh, stipulations in verses 3 through 4. He said, they must be handsome, they must be gifted with all types of wisdom and gifts, and they must be quick to understand. In other words, he said, I want the most attractive, I want the best, I want the brightest men to be working around me. I want them to be my people. And he told his guys to put them through three years of training so that he could get them to the very place that he wanted them to look like and act like and behave like so, so, so that they could help him expand his kingdom. But, but, but if you are familiar uh, you well, if, I don't know if you've known this or not while you were picking up while I was reading this, but you may not be familiar with these people's names because that is their Hebrew names. But you may be familiar with their Babylonian names, and it is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is so important to note this morning. Because when, because whatever we allow to take captive over us, it will always try to rename us. It will always try to give us a different purpose. It will always try to take what was and make you something that wasn't meant for you. That is one. This is this is one way the church must be different from the world. This morning, we can't allow people to be named after their issue. Amen. We cannot allow people to be named after what they are going through. Amen. Out there you may be divorced and broken, but in here you are a daughter of the Most High God. Amen. Out there you may be an addict, but in here we're going to call you redeemed this morning. Out there you may be broken, but in here I'm going to call you rich in mercy and His grace and His love because we the church cannot be naming people after what they've been through and where they are because our theology will not allow us to do that because we believe Believe in a God that wants to rename people to remind them more of who they are than where they are currently at. Amen. But in this modern day culture that we live in, people will name you by your issue. They will label you by where you are, by what you were, because whatever has you captive always wants to rename you. Always wants to rename you. Whatever you are struggling with, 
That thing that you just can't change, that thing that you've been tweaking but you can't break, it wants to rename you. But that's when, that's when we as believers have to have the power and the spirit inside of us to say, but that's not my name anymore. Don't call me by what I did because when I did what I did, I didn't know who I was in the moment. But now that I've been through a change in my life, guess what? I know who I am. And you can't call me that anymore. Don't call me Jacob. My name is now Israel. Don't, I'm no longer Simon. You need to call me Peter. Don't call me Abram. I'm now Abraham. I'm no longer Saul, but now I am Paul. Why? Because I've been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. And whenever you come into the blood of the Lamb, he, the king, starts calling you something different. He says, that's my son, that's my daughter, and the gates of hell shall shall not prevail against my kin. Why? Because I've been changed and I'm stepping into what God has called me to be. See, these four men were taken captive. And in this right here, Daniel, I don't know if you know this, Daniel is a prophet. He has this prophetic gift. But I want you to take note, although he is a prophet, he's not working in a temple. He's not working in the church. But he is a prophet of God that is working in Babylon. Babylon is not part of the kingdom of God. He has this gift of a prophet, but is working in a secular environment. And Babylon's agenda is way different from Judah's agenda. He didn't plan on being... Being there. He probably did not want to be there. It was probably nowhere in his five-year plan. Whenever he sat down at the beginning of the year, it was not one of his resolutions to be owned by Babylon. No, he did not prefer to be there. He did not want to be there. It was not part of his plan to be there. But since he was there, he thought, I might as well make the most of this opportunity that I did not want to be in because who knows sometimes life puts you in places that you never planned on being in has anybody ever been in one of those seasons and it will even put you in seasons that you do not prefer to be in Daniel did not like being there Daniel did not want to be there it was not part of his plan Daniel even prophesied in his book that he wouldn't be there forever because he started prophesying about this Messiah that was coming to take people from their enemies. But, but all of a sudden, he, we watch him make a decision. While I am here, I've got to work it to make the season worth it. I've got to work it to make this season worth it. The question is, how did Daniel work it to make the season worth it. Although he was a prophet, it's important to understand that most of us do not know him because of his gifting. If I were to go around this room this morning and with a microphone and ask you to give me a quote that Daniel prophesied, a prophecy that came from his mouth, probably most of us would not be able to say anything. Often, it is it is so important to understand that often our greatest enemy impact is what we are known for. And whenever I say Daniel, most of us don't think prophet. But whenever I say Daniel, what do you think about? 
the lion's den. See, often a person's gift impresses you, but their example impacts you. I said, often a person's gift will impress you, but their example of their life, that is what impacts you. One of Daniel's greatest contributions of the kingdom was the example that he was setting right here as he was captive. It wasn't about who, it wasn't that he was impressing people with his gifts. No, but it was all about who he was impacting with his example. That's when we say his name, you think, the lion's den. And guess what? People were watching Daniel trying to figure out how he was going to get through this one. Let me tell you, whenever you find yourself in an undesirable season, there will always be somebody watching you. Whenever you find yourself in a season, there will always be somebody watching you. You will never, and guess what? You will never know most of those people that are watching you. And the ones you find out that were watching, you probably will not know until the season is over. But when you get in a season like Daniel... A season that you didn't plan to be in. A season that you really don't want to be in. You need to understand someone is always watching you. Sometimes I feel like somebody's watching me. And they were watching and they were asking, how is he going to make it through this? Will she be able to climb this mountain? Will he be able to crawl through this valley? Can he get himself through this storm? Because before you were changed, before you went through that metamorphosis, you would have never made it out of that place. But another reason that God wants you changed, if you were taking notes last week, this is number three, I think. Another reason that God wants us changed is so you can show others how to work it to make the season worth it. He wants you changed not only for you to be in joy. He not only wants you changed for your assignment, but he also wants to change you because he knows somebody is going to be watching you and he wants you to show somebody how to work it to make this bad season worth it. Why? Because there's always somebody watching. Paul and Silas did not even realize that when they were chained together in that prison in the dark of night and they began to praise God around midnight in that jail. The, they, didn't, they didn't realize anybody was watching them. They didn't care that anybody was watching them. But the word says around midnight they began to worship and the prisoners heard and they were watching. They had no idea that in the middle of their persecution someone was learning how to handle persecution. They had no idea that in the middle of while they were in prison, that somebody else was learning how to break free from their prison. But then there will be others. Guess what? Whenever you, whenever somebody's watching, there will be those who are aggravated by watching you. They don't understand how you are making it through. But then there will be some that are encouraged by you. There will be others 
that are empowered by you. And there will be those that you never knew you inspired because they don't want to admit that they were actually watching you. Anybody ever had those? Guess what? You've got some secret admirers. People who are watching you and you don't even know it. Guess what? They will never send you flowers. They will never take you out on a hot date. Why? Because their pride will not allow them to say, I've been watching you. But guess what? That's whenever you've got to continue to work it to make your season worth it because whenever you know how to work a bad season somebody around you starts growing because you're growing somebody else starts pushing through because you're pushing through that's why God wants you changed so you can work it to make the bad season worth it how did Daniel do this how was he this example when he was like a prisoner How was he able to work it to make the season worth it? One thing that he did, he made decisions. Hmm. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, get this. It said, but Daniel resolved in his heart. He made up his mind. He, he, He came to a conclusion in his spirit. He made, listen, this was before he was going through the camp. So he made a decision in his time of strength so that he would not have to make a decision in his time of weakness. How many of you made some crazy decisions in times of weakness? Don't raise your hand. Or you can if you need to testify. We've all made a haste decision. How many of you have ever bought a car and you thought, I should have never bought that car? Some of you were standing in the altar thought, I should not be doing this. I should not be marrying this person. (laughs) He made a decision in a time of strength. So he would not have to make a decision in a time of weakness. Mm. He put boundaries in place before he needed boundaries in place. How many of you know some people that need some boundaries? Oh, my gosh. Oh, we all, knew, we all know somebody who needs some boundaries. He made a decision. I'm not going to eat or drink anything from this king. I'm not, he said, I'm going to make up my mind now. So whenever it's in front of me, I will not lose my mind later. I'm going to make up my mind now. So I will not lose my mind later. I'm not going to eat or drink anything that this king has to offer me. In other words, you may be in a season, but you don't have to become that season. Why? Because he resolved in himself. I'm not going to defile myself or my beliefs. See, the king had a special diet for him. Everybody that went through the camp had a special diet. It was, I, if, I was if, if I was imagining it, I think it was probably like the modern-day biggest loser. I mean, he was pumping them. They were going through it. I mean, every Bob was there. He was pumping them. He was getting them fit. They were under strict diets. He had to make this decision but but the thing about it is some of the thing on this Babylonian menu was actually he should not be eating in his own country of Judah so he had a problem with it so Daniel said right now I'm going to make a decision he assesses the situation 
He looks at the menu and says, no, no, no. This right here will defile who I am. He looked around and said, but hmm, everyone here that is successful follow this menu. Everyone here that has been promoted follow this menu. Everybody here that, 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 uh, that Nebuchadnezzar uh, raised up and promoted in the ranks follow this plan. He said, but hold up the definition of success in this Babylonian kingdom violates my faith and my values guess what there are a lot of things that people call success on planet earth that violates my that, that violates my faith and my values is anybody there it violates my covenant with God Daniel has already made a decision and he already has had so much faith and made up his mind that he says, I'm not going to violate my faith or my values to reach success in a kingdom that I don't even want to be part of. Mm. He says, I'll tell you what, give me 10 days. Let me eat from my menu and I'll show you the value of my faith and my beliefs. I'll show you what a changed person can do. He said, I'm going to go through this, but just give me 10. He says, I'm not going to do what the, I'm not going to do this the Babylonian way. I'm not going to do this the world's way. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to do what God's word says for me to do. I'm going to do it God's way. And he said, and just watch me get results when I do it God's way. Watch me get the most amazing results when I forsake the way of this world and get in God's menu for my life. Because when I stick to my faith, when I do it God's way, he says, in due time, the word says he will lift me up. The, when the word says, when I stick with his way in due time, he will exalt me. He will lift me up. He said, I'm not going to cheat my way to the top. I don't have to sleep my way to the top. I don't have to lie my way to success. Why? Because I've been changed. And a changed person knows I got here only because the grace of the Lord. He said, I'm going to make a right decision right now that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to stick with Jesus. No matter what you put before me, I'm going to stick with the Lord. Your promotion, your promotion may come from man, but my promotion comes from the Lord. And when God gets ready to promote me, guess what? It doesn't matter who likes you. It doesn't matter what others are saying. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what anybody says about you on Facebook. When God gets ready to grow a church, it doesn't matter what the haters say. Because when God gets ready to promote, God is going to open up a door that no man can close. It's just the way that he does it. He said, that's why today I'm making a decision. I will not waver. I will not waver from what God has called me to do. Somebody in the house, Ben, help me out. Somebody in the house this morning needs to make a decision. There is something in your life this morning. There is something in your life that you were on the verge of. And you've got to make a decision. I will not waver. 
I will not waver. I will not make a decision that goes against my faith. I will not make a decision that goes against my values. I will not do it. But in this very hour, let me tell you something. Time and time again, as the day grows closer for this, the trumpet to sound, there's going to be more and more decisions that are right in front of your face that's going to be very, very hard for some to make. And at the end of it, it will be the remnant of the church that stands up and says, I will not waver. I will not eat from that menu of the world. I will not vote like that. I will not say, yeah, I agree with that because, because Oprah said it. I don't care what Oprah says. I don't care what book club she's reading this month. I don't care what's happening. I don't care what the president says. I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat. If it goes against the word of the Lord, I will not do it. I will stand on the word of the Lord. I will not waver. And the Lord needs a church in this hour that is so confident in who she is that when things are happening around her, she stands up and she says, everything else may be fallen, but look what God is doing in the middle of it. Everything else, there may be wars and rumors of wars. There may be, there may be pestilence. There may be, there may be pandemics. But guess what? In the middle of it all, he says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And right now, you may be seeing a pandemic, but I see an awakening occurring. You may be seeing violence, but I see an awakening coming. You may be seeing everything happening around you, but my eyes are so focused on the Lord that right now, all I can hear the Lord is saying, stand up. All I can hear the Lord is saying, stand up, church. All I can hear the Lord is saying, keep on marching. Why? Because the world is standing still. But in this hour, God is looking for a church like Daniel that says, oh, no, 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 no. Let me show you what God can do. Just give me 10 days to prove what the Lord can do for you. I will not eat of this, but sh let me show you what God can do. Only a changed person will have that strength in the last days. Only somebody who's been through a metamorphosis will have that strength in the last days. Look. This is not a political statement. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. This vaccine is not the mark of the beast. It's not, okay? I'm not, I don't need applause. It's not the mark of the beast. But let me tell you something. The pressure is preparing a people for the mark of the beast. It is. This vaccine is not the mark of the beast. If you got it, I don't think you're going to hell. I'm just going to be honest with you. But this pressure, it will intensify every level until the trumpet sounds. It will. I'm just telling you. It will intensify until it gets to the point where you cannot go in the marketplace. 
you can you cannot go into a grocery store and buy unless you have that mark and we've already seen little bits of little pieces and I'm telling you this is not against the vaccine I said it's okay but what this is doing is preparing and the next time it'll be even more intense the next time it will be more intense until it will be the mark of the beast and we'll be like well how am I going to eat I want to go to Walmart I've got to have this I gotta, I gotta have the, I gotta have the mark. And in that hour, the five virgins that are sleeping, they'll say, okay. And they will waver. But the five virgins with oil in their lamps will stand up and say, oh no, no, no. I can see because my lamp is lit with the oil of the Holy Ghost. That's what the oil is symbolic of, the Holy Ghost. Five of them had it. Five of them didn't. Five were asleep. But guess what? They got up. It was a remnant. The others didn't make it. And at the end of, the, at the end of it, when the trumpet sounds, God is a God of grace, but he's also a God of judgment. And everybody in this world will not make it. Why? Because we were not transformed. We were not changed. We had a tweak on earth. Just a tweak. But we, we did not get through the pressure cooker. You know what a pressure cooker does? It will either explode something or seal it. And in the pressure of this life, you will either explode or it will seal the deal. Watch. And the remnant, it will seal. You ever canned and you hear them? You're like, praise the Lord, that just sounds so good. Oh, it's going to be a good winter. story from Meemaw whenever that pressure cooker exploded in the kitchen. Sometimes it's deadly. And the pressure of this life, it will either make you explode or it will seal the deal. I'm not going anywhere. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't care what the king says. I don't care what government says. I know 